Dear little sisters, we are so excited to share part two of our chat with Ms. Joyce Chang. Ms. Chang is a longtime journalist who has formerly been the editor-in-chief of The Self magazine. She also held positions at other publications, including Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan, The New York Times Magazine, People, and Allure. Ms. Chang is also currently working on a novel inspired by her family. So our next question is, what advice would you give to any students who are interested in creative writing or journalism? Um, you know, I think that something that I have learned along the way is that writers love fan mail. They love to know that there are people out there who are reading and appreciating their work. And I have actually met so many people by just writing, I mean, very early in my career when I was literally nobody, a student. And if I read an article that um, I liked, I would find out the writer's email and I would send them an email. And I might have a question for them or it might be related to a school project or something in my life, but like, you know, just being sort of bold enough or engaged enough um, to reach out, I actually think is really quite a useful um, way to connect with people. Um, when I was in grad school, uh, I read a column in New York Magazine um, written by um, a journalist and I sent him an email. And he literally said to me, um, thank you so much, writers, are egomaniacs and we just want to know that people are reading reading our work and he um ended up inviting me you know to have a drink and we just talked about my career and um you know he was he didn't know me at all and he ended up you know doing all sorts of things to help you know help me along in my career um you know he volunteered to you know like make recommendations and connections. And it was all because I, you know, reached out to him. And I think everybody, particularly in journalism, appreciates people, you know, with initiative and chutzpah and who aren't afraid to raise their hands. And I mean, I, you know, say that as a journalist and I speak from my experience in publishing and media, but I would imagine that that's the case in any field. And I feel like if you just, you know, sort of like step up and be a little brave and go out of your comfort zone and just speak from the heart again, um, you can, you can, you would surprise yourself. You can surprise yourself with all the people who are open to meeting you and connecting with you. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it's as a writer or in any career it's important to be extroverted and put yourself out there and i think especially people our age tend to have a fear of rejection so i i guess just overcome this fear and it's important to really step out of your comfort zone and that's how you end up making those meaningful connections that will get you places 
Um, not to take it personally if they don't respond. Like you have to do it with no expectation. Like you do it by because you're a fan and because you appreciate their work and it you know touched you in some way. But if they don't write you back, it's because they're busy. It's not because anything to do with you. So like you know having sort of that mentality you know sort of helps as well. But I say don't be scared and you should definitely try. Yeah, that's a really good point. So as a woman in journalism, have you faced any gender barriers throughout your career? Um, you know, I I sort of I went through the women's magazine track for the most part and I have always been um in you know, fashion, food, beauty, sort of lifestyle categories which I would say are, you know, sort of almost female dominated uh focus areas in the business. Um, so I would say, you know, what's interesting is women can be just as competitive as men and men don't have a monopoly on bad behavior. Um, so I think that, you know, the best thing that you can do man or woman, or, you know, however you identify is, you know, you just try to be a supportive person. You try to do your best work and you try to, you know, seek out people who are like-minded and supportive and positive influences. Um, something that I was told early on in my, my career is when you look for a job, you should not just look for the job title or the publication or, you know, the prestige of whatever company or affiliation. And you shouldn't just even look at the job description, you should actually look at your boss, whether that's a man or whether that's a woman. And do you admire them and do you want to be them? And what can you learn from that? Like those should be the goals for your job. And those should be, be sort of the defining things as to whether or not you take that job because you really, your boss is the sort of make or break of your job. If you have a good boss and not the most awesome job description, you will still learn and you will still progress. You would have the most awesome job, but if you have a terrible boss, like it's just not going to work. So I think the most important thing is you look at the people around you and sort of assess, you know, are these people really going to help me get where I'm going? Um, and I think that that is the thing that sort of will help you bridge any gender barriers. It will help you just stay focused and clear and, you know, not get into sort of the muddy politics of the workplace. Um, just stay focused on, you know, looking at the, at the actions um, of the people that are around you. For sure, not only in the workplace, but in all aspects of life, it's so important to have good role models and people to look up to. I believe that you are the people you surround yourself with. And if you surround yourself with people who support your growth and want you to be the best version of yourself, then you'll grow and become a better person because of it. If it's on the other hand, it might not have the most positive impact. I think it's important, you know, to take just personal responsibility of like the way that you do your own business and the way you conduct yourself in the workplace. And, you know, I've always felt that, you know, from the time that I was an assistant, um, because I started at the very bottom, I was an assistant to an editor in chief as my very first job. And I eventually became an editor in chief that you, um, 
that you make yourself indispensable. Um, you know, that's how you bring value. You make the lives of your bosses and colleagues easier. Um, and you always have an attitude of like, how can I help? I never had an attitude of that's not my job. And I think when you bring integrity to your own work, um, and you also focus on the integrity of others, like that's like a positive ecosystem, but you, you know, you have to sort of pull your own weight. For sure. I think that people who are always willing to lend a hand and help out, I really admire those people. And I think that's a really, really positive way to be. I believe that pulling your weight and helping out and making the lives of others better really transcends some of the nitty gritty of the day to day stuff. And I think that really defines who you are as a person and who you want to be. And it always comes around. It always comes around. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to have like boundaries, but like when you do good things for people, like it's not like, I, I don't think, I don't believe in like a transactional like way of being. I just know that it always sort of like comes back. Definitely. Obviously, boundaries are so important, but I think if you're positive and helpful, 99.9% .9 of the time, it'll come around and you'll get that same energy back. And I think being that way makes you a better, happier and more successful person in turn. Definitely. Yeah, so throughout COVID-19 and the events of this past year, well, who do you say is the importance of writing and communication in society during these times of crisis? I mean, I think there are sort of a couple different levels. Like one is, I found it personally really helpful to write for myself. I mean, this wasn't for anyone to read. It was just for me to process my own thoughts and feelings, to just put it on paper so that, you know, when you have a mess of thoughts in your head, you can see what you're thinking and maybe make some sense of it. Um, and I think communication is really important because communication is, you know, presenting those thoughts so that others can hear it and respond to. I think that, you know, through COVID-19, we've dealt with a lot of loss, a lot of um, tragic events, a lot of big topics, big feelings. Um, and it's really hard to sometimes know what to think about those things. You know, like when you are inundated with news, so much of it is hard to wrap your brain around. I mean, like the headlines that we've all read and watched over the past year and a half have been so um, shocking in so many ways on so many levels and so many, you know, different aspects of our lives and our culture. I think it's been hard for people to know what they're supposed to think. And I think that if you are a writer who has a platform and you have put your opinions out there, whether it is a journalistic platform or whether it is through your social media or, you know, however you sort of um, communicate in that way, um, I think it gives people something to react to and a way to sort of maybe shape their thoughts. Um, you know, a lot of people, when I, you know, wrote the pieces that I wrote, um, they sent me messages and they would say, you know, like, I just didn't 
thank you for putting into words what I've been feeling, but I didn't really know how to say. And I think it's such a gift um, if you're able to write and you can, you know, can put it out there. You know, so many people have so many feelings and so many thoughts, but they don't always know how to say it. And if you can sort of give shape and voice to that, um, I think it can be, you know, really, it can be really helpful and clarifying. I know when I read a piece from someone that I respect, who, you know, really sort of puts things into perspective for me, I'm like, oh, right, yes, that's, that is what, what, you know, I'm supposed to do. That is the next step for me. That is the right thing. Um, you know, those sort of light bulb moments that can come just from reading someone else's work. Um, that's how we sort of refine our ideas. So, you know, there's the personal writing for yourself, which I think is so meaningful and valuable. And then there is the, you know, communication aspect where you're reading and connecting with the words and thoughts of others like that's how we sort of you know expand our brains and figure out what you know how we should be in this world definitely i think when you write for yourself you can definitely reflect on your own personal thoughts and opinions and just everything going on and when you write for others it can help them comprehend and better understand their world I think in all of the facts and headlines, it, it's, it's really easy to get wrapped up in all of it. But when you hear a story that really comes from the heart and from someone else's personal opinion, it can help you better understand your point of view or someone else's totally different one. Have you guys done a lot of writing during the pandemic? Yeah, I've always really liked creative writing, but I think especially during the pandemic, I started to reflect myself through writing and explore these parts of my identity that I neglected for a really long time and especially when it comes to my relationship to Chinese culture. Since coming to America I haven't been as involved and I can barely speak Mandarin anymore so I think it's so important to just reflect back on those experiences because they're just really valuable and they make up a part of who I am and it's so important to write and communicate about them. I think that's so great I feel like um, I think you know the Asian American community in particular um, really is at this inflection point where for so long you know I think a lot of uh, you know American born or, you know, uh, Chinese or Asians who immigrated when they were young, you know, had this real culture clash where it was the burden, there was a burden of, um, of tradition. And now I think there is a new pride, which I think is, is so great. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, sort of experiencing it for, I'm experiencing, experiencing it, it myself. Um, and so I think it's so valuable to be able to like reflect that, whether it's through writing or whether it's through, you know, community activities or just getting involved, talking to your family about, you know, their history. Um, I just think it's a really, from a lot of uh, difficult situations and hard situations and difficult headlines, it's we've seen, I feel like there has been a lot of um, personal growth that's come out of it. Definitely. I think learning about yourself, where your family comes from, your culture and personal story makes up so much of you. I think your roots and your heritage is a, such a big part of you. And I always love hearing 
stories that my grandparents tell me about their childhood, how they went to school, what they did growing up. And it's so different from what I'm doing right now. And those experiences are just so valuable to hear about. And just, I feel like even though they're so different, they still make up such a big part of who I am. It definitely does. And it's so important. And I think for your readers too, that like, while you have your grandparents, um, you know, to find out those stories and, you know, to take note of those stories, you know, whether you record them or you write them down, um, because, you know, your grandparents are not forever and, you know, you want those stories to stay in your family. So, you know, I really, I really encourage like everyone to sort of sit down with your parents, sit down with your grandparents and like get all those family stories together so that, you know, you can always have them and like the next generation can have them too. So I'm glad you're really spending time asking the questions to your grandparents so that you know where you come from. Yeah, what I love even more than myself asking those questions and hearing those stories is seeing my younger brother or my younger cousins asking those questions and hearing the stories. I think that really just warms my heart and shows a sense of warmth and community. And I think those interactions with family, especially with our grandparents, are so important and so impactful. Yeah, so our last question is, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, I would tell my younger self, I was always very focused on being really good at everything I did. It was really important to me to be really good at it. And I would let myself try new things and be bad at it. And that's okay. Um, because the only way that you can get good is at first starting off, you know, not knowing what to do. And I always had so much discomfort with being bad at things. And so I think that really sort of inhibited my um, willingness to try new things. Um, so I would have just let myself, you know, given myself a break and let myself learn and not been judged, not been so judgmental about the outcome. Um, I think that's what I would have told my younger self to just sort of like have fun with it. Yeah, I think it's so important to try new things. And especially in high school, when you have, you're exposed to this whole landscape of different opportunities. And there's so many things that you could be interested in. You just never know. And you should never really limit yourself. Yeah, I think I always felt like I had to pick a lane and I had to pick a lane early. And then like, you know, just like drill down on that lane and just keep driving. Um, and, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I there's no better time than to do that stuff when you're young. Um, so you should just try to get in as much as you can. When you're young, you can figure it out and see if that's something that you wanna you know, put in your backpack and keep going. Definitely, I think trying new things is so fun and so interesting. And I think when you try something new, it helps you grow. And after you try something new, it gives you a sense of accomplishment like, hey, I did that. I took that leap of faith. And I think when you try something new, it could be your favorite thing ever. It could be your new passion or hobby, or maybe not, but in the future, you know, I like this, I tried it, or maybe not. I think it really takes away all of the what ifs. What if I could have done it? What if I just signed up for that program or took that extra thing? It, it really just gives you a sense of personal satisfaction.
I think I had a lot of fear of failure. I mean, I think that, you know, when you're young, like you, you know, want to, you want to do well and you want to please your parents and you want to look good in front of your friends. Um, but those are actually like the least scary things out there. Like when you get older, there are much, much more scary things. So like, if those are the things that sort of hold you back, you should just really let go of them. Um, and, you know, face whatever those sort of anxieties and fears are. Um, I would have been a little less, I would have told myself to be a little less fearful. I would have told my younger self to be a little less fearful. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's so important. Of course, this has been so fun. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. We really enjoyed talking to you. And yeah, thanks for listening.